A very good morning to you all. It's always an honor and a blessing to be invited to speak here at the Flood Church in Blanta. Let me thank the leadership of the church for uh, according me uh, this opportunity. Let me extend my gratitude to Pastor Yamikani Kalizangoma and his wife Emma, and let me wish them a restful break. Our passage this morning is taken from Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. Let's read together. The parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me as a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he taught them this parable. The ground of a certain man, rich man, produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build, build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. The first thing that I want to talk about is why parables. It's interesting to note that a third of Jesus' teachings are actually uh, parables. And I, I love parables. I love the way Jesus tells stories. But even more than that, I love how he uses things that we are all familiar with to point us to some spiritual truths. The Bible talks about all kinds of fools. And I wanted to share those with you. If we look at the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 7, it talks about the ignorant fool. It says, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. If we go to Psalm 14, verse 1, it says, the unbeliever, who is the fool, says in his heart, there is no God. Proverbs 12, verse 15, talks about the righteous fool. The way of the fool seems right to him. 
Proverbs 14.9 talks about the mocking fool. Fools mock at making amends for sin. Romans 1.22 talks about the self-sufficient fool. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 10. The Christian fool, and this is, this is a good part of it. We are fools for Christ, as Paul writes to the church in Corinth. And Luke 12 verse 20, which is a part of the text we've read this morning, talks about the rich fool. You fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Today, we want to look at the rich fool. I find it interesting that we have someone who is rich and also a fool. You would think somebody who is rich would be wise enough. I want to say today that we need to be careful with our possessions. If we go back into the Bible and we read verse 15, and verse 15 reads, Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of possession. I find that in, in our generation, in our time, we have a lot of people who are pursuing materialistic things. They are pursuing a bigger house, pursuing a better car, pursuing a better phone, all kinds of wealth that they are chasing after, worldly wealth. And yet we find Jesus Christ giving us a stern warning by saying a man's life does not consist in the abundance of what he possesses. Let me submit to you this morning to say do not allow your possessions to dominate you. We must understand this correctly. Jesus Christ is not saying it is wrong to have things. The challenge becomes when those things begin to control you. So the issue is not in having the thing, but the issue is in the things having you. In your possessions having you. When we talk about greediness, it means not being satisfied with the things that we have. Always wanting more. There are many people in our day that are never satisfied. Never satisfied. Always having a constant desire to have more. When they look at their neighbor who has a, a certain gadget 
or a certain vehicle or something that they feel like I can have something better they will try until they find something better than their neighbor they want to show off greed and just like the rich fool in our story he has amassed so much and that those possessions that harvest whatever he had begin began to dominate him if we go to the book of first timothy chapter 6 verse 6 it says but godliness with contentment is great gain godliness with contentment is great gain and the word the key word there is the godliness and another key word is contentment we must be content with that which god has given us we must be satisfied with the things that god has provided for us and when god blesses other people we must extend our gratitude we must extend our joy that God has blessed our brothers and our sisters. It should not lead us to a life of greed, of wanting more. Second thing that I want to say is don't allow your possessions to begin to define who you are. The scripture we have read says a man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. Our life is not based on what we have. If we are not careful, we will fall into the trap of believing that wealth equates to worth. Let me repeat that. Wealth equates to worth. We feel like whatever we have, whatever we possess, defines who we are. So the size of our house, the number of cars that we might have, the kind of clothes that we wear, the amount of money we might have in the bank account, these begin to determine our true value. But let me remind you, brothers and sisters, our life is not about what we have. It is about who we are, whose we are. The Lord Jesus warns us about equating possessions with our purpose. Our worth and our value should be wrapped up in the relationship that we have with Jesus. In the relationship that we have with God. Not those things that rust can take away and destroy. Those things that moths can come and destroy. Things of this world that will never last forever that only bring us partial joy we should never allow those things 
to begin to determine our value. Let me remind you that we were bought by the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. It took God himself to send his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. The lamb without blemish so that we can be co-heirs with him. So that we can have citizenship in heaven. I want to submit again that we must be careful with our plans. If we go to verse 18, the scripture says, Then he said, This is what I will do. And it's interesting, and I want you to take note of this. I was reading this, and there's about six eyes in this. And let me read this. And he told them the parable, the, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? And it was about him. So what shall I do? And then he says, I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and big, build bigger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I will say, I will say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Again, let us be very careful with our plans. It's interesting that this man's plans were about himself. It was I, me, and myself. Not about anybody else. It was about his pleasure. It was everything about him, storing up things for the future. But he forgot he who owns the future in his planning. I want to say this morning, let us not forget the undeniable truths of this life. Sometimes we live this life as if there will be no day coming ahead of us that we will die. You see, this man had been blessed so much and yet he had forgotten who had blessed him. This man had been so blessed that he had so much grain that he had nowhere to store it. And all he was thinking of, let me store all this for myself so that I can have a great future. Now, I don't see no problem in planning. Because the Bible encourages us to be wise, to, to be able to plan. Because the Bible says, you know, what king goes to war with another 
came without knowing what the enemy's weapons are like. The Bible talks about a builder who goes and builds a house without working out how much it's going to cost to build that house. We must be wise. We must allow God into our plans. God must be with us in those plans. We must present those plans before God. We must check our heart if our heart is in the right place when we are doing these things. This man's heart was selfish. I don't see anywhere here where he is thankful to God for his blessing. I don't see an attitude where he's saying, I have so much and I need to share this with the poor. I need to share this grain with those who are widows. I need to share this grain with those who are orphans. I need to share my grain and my wealth with those who are less privileged. All he talks about is himself. Church, sometimes we find ourselves in these places. Everything else doesn't matter but ourselves. An attitude of selfishness. Which leads us to unthankfulness. Sometimes we forget that all we have is given to us by the grace of God. The very life that we have is given by God. The very clothes that we wear, we are blessed by God. The homes and the food we eat, we are blessed by God. See, I want to say that God is interested in the very big things in our lives. And yet he's so interested in the small things of our lives. The minute details of our lives. When God talks about a sparrow falling from the sky, he knows about that. Think about it. Says he knows the number of hair that's on your head. Those are intricate details. And yet he's so interested in them. God desires that when he blesses us, we should learn to bless other people with those blessings. Not to be greedy. This man was greedy. He was selfish. He only thought about himself. He thought he would live life and never die one day. And that's why he is a fool. So we can never deny the fact that one day our life will be demanded from us. And when that time comes when we stand before our Lord Jesus Christ, we will give account of how we live this life. And I pray, brothers and sisters, that we will not be found wanting in the area of greed or coveting other people's property and what they have. That we will not be found wanting for having so many blessings and yet not using them to help other people. The word of God says it is appointed unto man once to die. 
you and I have that appointment one day with God. So as we make our plans, we must remember of that appointed day that comes. It should never be something that we should worry about. It should be something we are excited about to go and spend eternity with God, to go and spend eternity with our Lord Jesus Christ. Like I said, we should plan, but let us involve God in our planning. We must remember of those things in life that are uncertain. Because as this man begins to plan for his life, all he's assuming is that life is going to be rosy. You and I know too well that that's not the case. Because you are watching this from home. We should be in a church. We should be hugging each other. We should be shaking hands. We shouldn't be wearing our masks. We should be showing our beautiful smiles. We are living in uncertain times because of COVID-19. We couldn't predict this. It's, a, it's, it's incredible how life has changed. And this rich fool thought that life is just going to be smooth. There will be no bumps along the way. He would eat, he would drink, and he would be merry. Death is certain. And yet at times, it is uncertain. Because we all know we're going to die. But we don't know when. One day, we have this appointment. We will die. But truth be told, none of us knows when we're going to die. I am not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. Neither are you. But should that stop us planning? No. It is wise to plan. But like I said before, and I'll repeat this, it is important that God is in our plans, that we seek his wisdom. It is important that we are thankful for the blessings that God has blessed us with. It is important that when he blesses us in abundance, that we bless other people. So I wonder, Today, what are your plans? Are you planning as if you live forever? And that you will never face death? Are you planning on doing something tomorrow? And yet, knowing you might not see tomorrow? We must be wise. The rich fool challenges us to be careful with our plans. 
we must be careful with our plans. The last thing that I want to share with you is that we need to be careful with our priorities. When we look at the rich fool, his priorities are clear. He wanted to reach a day where he could just relax and say to himself and say to his own soul, eat, drink, and be merry. But yet God came to this man in verse 20 and told him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. And then he says, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. And I find that very telling. Because there's many of us who are pursuing worldly riches, worldly wealth, and yet we are told that we must forge ahead and be rich towards God. We must seek that which is essential. He had a plentiful harvest, this rich fool. But again, like I said, he offered no thanks to God for the rain that produced that bountiful harvest. He was rich, but there's no acknowledgement of the grace of God in his life. There is no acknowledgement of the favor of God for his fortune. Let me remind you, my dear friends, you can have all the success in the world, but it is dangerous if we do not attribute our success to God. This rich fool, God was the furthest thing away from his mind. I want to say it is worthless to have such wealth and yet not have Jesus Christ in your life. If we are to put success without salvation, that equals failure. Success without salvation is failure. If we don't have Jesus, our master, in our life, no matter how rich we may be, I want to say that you are poor. Life without Jesus Christ leads to eternal damnation, eternal destruction. Life without the Lord ends in death. If you are listening to me 
if you are watching, I want to say this, that in this life, if you don't accomplish anything, the one thing that I want to encourage you with as a priority is that you seek Jesus Christ. You seek him above everything else. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. There's a song that we've sung before and we sing. I don't know if uh, Flood Church sings this, but it says, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I'd rather be his than riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be laid by his nail-pierced hand. And that's the attitude we must have. It's important that we must seek that which is eternal, that which is everlasting. This man was laying up treasure for himself. I implore you, I beseech you, that you would lay up your treasures in heaven, where they will never be destroyed. That your richness should be towards God. Matthew 6.20 says, By lay up your treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break nor steal. I want to say that the greatest investment you can ever make is not in a bank, the greatest investment you can ever make is not going to be in this world. The greatest thing that you can ever do, the greatest investment that you can ever make is by storing up your treasures in heaven. It is possible to, to die with such fortune with National Bank or My Bucks or whatever bank. But you leave that behind. But if we store these things in heaven, we will find them. So the truth is, as I close, like the rich fool in the parable, we're going to have to face our God. Whatever we have amassed, whatever we have in this world, we shall leave it. It will stay in this life. The only thing that will matter at that point is what God will have to say to us. Will he say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or will he say, 
you fool. I encourage you as I close. Live for Christ and don't be a fool. May God richly bless you as you contemplate on his word. If you may, I would like to pray. Father in heaven, we are grateful for this opportunity to be able to jump into your word, to be able to learn from your word. Thank you for challenging us through the parable of the rich fool. And Lord, I pray that we will never be found wanting in this area. We shall never be called fools. Father, we ask that you would help us to guard our hearts and our minds. Lord, that we would live with eternity as something that we hold on to. Thank you for the blessings that you have given us. We are grateful. But Lord, we pray that those, those blessings do not begin to become a curse in our lives. That those blessings do not begin to dominate and dictate the value that we have. For our value is in the man Jesus Christ, the Savior, the King of Kings. And Lord, may we be constantly reminded of that. In the world that we live in, where there is so much pressure, so much pressure to be better and to have more, because more seems better. More seems to give us value. Lord, I pray that we will be not be drawn into that, that our true value is as being rooted in our Lord Jesus Christ. So that when that day comes, when that, our life has ebbed away, that when we come before you, God, you would say, well done, good and faithful servant. May you be honored in this church. May you be honored in our homes, in our lives, in everything that we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.